Feel it coming in the air Yeah And there's screams from everywhere Yeah I'm addicted to the thrill I'm ready It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Come on Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who's on this town tonight Hey, welcome to the Climbing Life and Sports Talk Show it is Monday. We are live. We are back here in studio. This is Demi Lachey. Well, I'm here live in studio today. We guys should have Kwame here on a calling in online soon, but you can always join the show. Call in at 888-346-9144. Once again, that number is 888-346-9144. We are live today. It's Monday. Fantastic weekend. Finally, college football has ended. At least the regular season in the Final Four is chosen for the first Ever NCAA football Final Four football playoff selection playoff committee has been a lot of discussion and arguments about who should be in, who not, who should not be in. Well, there's no more arguing anymore. There's no more second thoughts, second thoughts about what team should be in, what school should be in. If your school isn't in, I'm sorry, you're out of luck, and maybe next year. But the four teams that's locked in, ready to go for the playoffs, is. Not a number one rolling tide, Alabama Crimson Tide. And number two, you have the Oregon Ducks. Number three, Florida State Seminoles, which I was a bit shaky about, even though they won every single game the past two years, two seasons, I should say. And they were questioned of not even making the playoffs. But now they're in at the number three and, and coming in with the number four, who coming off a 59-0 Big Ten championship victory, the Ohio State Buckeyes. They lucked in. They jumped in the way. Luckily, I mean, they had a great game, great game, winning 59-0 over Wisconsin. Also, raked opponent, Big Ten rivalry. Those were, I think, this season probably the two best teams. You could arguably, arguably say Michigan State as well, but I thought Melvin Gordon was going to do a better performance than he did against the Buckeyes, but uh, unfortunately he didn't do enough, and they put too much on his shoulders, and Ohio State came in. And won fifty nine zero, which puts them in a respect to of yeah they should be in the playoffs, led by their quarterback, third string quarterback, practice squad starter, number twelve, Mister Cordell Jones, coming in there, um, haven't started, haven't played a college football game ever, haven't started one, and her first starter is the Big Ten championship game. You got the playoff system on the line. All of this on your shoulders. You at the Ohio State head coach Urban Meyer going against Wisconsin team in a strong, strong defensive front. Great offense, great running back, um, the best running back I believe in NCAA this season. Um, I, Heisman candidate, which I think he's probably going to end up winning the Heisman and Mr. Melvin Gordon. So you have this guy Cordell Jones coming in, never started a game, never played a down at the Ohio State University. And just comes in, just does his job, and does it very, very well. I mean, they didn't miss a beat. They honestly look even better than what JT Barrett was bringing them throughout the season. Now, JT Barrett is all Big Ten selection. I believe um, he should be an all Big Ten selection at the quarterback position. Also, you have Braxton Miller go down in the preseason during camp. And you have a guy named Cordell Jones. Guys never heard of. Next man up. The whole that whole mentality. He steps in and does an exceptional job. Manages the game, manages the offense, especially with a strong running game as well. 
and he he came out, did his thing, got awarded Big Ten Championship Player of the Game MVP, and he had a phenomenal performance, leading that team to the fifty nine to zero victory in which they really needed. I think a, probably about a twenty thirty point victory would have done the deal, but winning fifty nine zero, I mean that pretty much sealed the deal for them to get in to the playoffs to to have the the chance to win a national championship. I don't know if Ohio State has enough. I don't know if they have enough to compete with Florida State, Oregon, or Alabama, but they've proven that they belong. I feel bad for the Big 12. It's it's a little sad for the Big 12. Um, any fans of the Big 12 or teams part of the Big 12, because you had two teams who could not get in, only two teams out of the Power 5 conferences, conference is the Big 12, who they didn't get anyone in in the top four. But I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm pretty excited to see not only um, one representative from each out of the five um, conf- top power conferences. Well, four out of the five, I guess you say. But it's it's all from the different different conference. You know, there's not two SEC teams. There's not two ACC, two Big Tens, two Big Twelves. It's one representative of each of the out of four out of power five conferences, which. That was my whole agenda of this. When I was when this whole playoff system got presented with four teams, I was like, okay, one of the power teams is either gonna be out, which or one of the power conferences I should say is gonna be left out, which Big Twelve this season was that one conference. And then my other thought was, well, hopefully we can get a representative of each conference, you know, at least in the playoff system and they managed to do that. I was a bit nervous. They a lot of talks at the beginning of the season where it was just three out of the four were all SEC or at least two out of four, and some Pac-12 teams snuck in and got dropped out as well. But it's great. It's great to see that you have an ACC and the national defending champions right back in the mix. With that whole talk and speculation of what's going on down in Florida State with Carlos Williams, the running back, and also Mr. Famous Jameis. Winston as well. I mean, you know, I was a bit nervous for the Florida State Seminoles, but obviously they came in. They did their thing. I mean, they did what they're supposed to do. We win ball games. You're defending national champion. Of course, you deserve to get back in the mix once again. And if they would have got dropped, I probably wouldn't watch the this this playoff, this national championship deal because I would have been pretty fed up. But I think they did a great job of the selection, the selection committee. They did good for what they had thrown at them. The only perception that I'm thinking about is I don't think you should have um, the rankings being brought upon and having the rankings dealt like with the last four or five weeks of the season like they did. And it looks like we just got Kwame. He's just jumping on the lines. Kwame, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Dylan? Not much, man. Doing a... Um trying to save some time with it, which which really is about 30 minutes from driving to the studio and <laughs> driving back I gotta do this little report tomorrow on some sickle cell stuff okay that's awesome that's I'll awesome to giving back yeah that's, that's a great deal make it, giving back you know to some type of you know illness or just some people who had to go through things stronger than what normal others don't have to go through I mean giving back and Representing that foundation is great. I know your foundation has a big part of giving back to the sickle cell community and 
dealing with that. I mean, yeah, I know you have close ones as well that dealt with sickle cell and. Oh, it's definitely um, it's crucial, and one of the things I think is important right now is the awareness of it to bring the awareness because I didn't know I'm well in my forties and I didn't know about it. It'd be seventeen years in January. So mm-hmm. that's the crucial part about it. Uh, I think everybody should know about it, definitely in the uh, African-American black community, uh, because it's more prevalent there. But there is uh, Italians get it, same blood disorder, but they call it something else. Um, it's also um, Caribbeans. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's more so what my being an advocate is bringing the awareness to it and then getting that cure or finding a way to get the cure. And there's only one or two ways. But, you know, we can talk about that some other time. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Definitely. <laughs> no, definitely. I, I mean, I see you, you, you know, you're doing your thing, you're doing your whole recognition and letting letting others be known and building that whole process. So I just had to give a quick shout out to that. But when you was calling in, you know, I don't know if you were listening in real quick. I was just talking about the whole playoff system, college football, that is. This, the final four is set. You know, we finally came to our final four teams, which I'm excited because out of the four of the Power Five conferences, at least it's one team out of each conference. And not only, not do you have two SEC teams and other conferences being overlooked, you got four out of the five. I mean, I feel sorry for the Big 12, and everybody represents the Big 12 right now. You got to get left off. Somebody had to get booted. And I hate it that it had to be the Big 12 because I, I would love to see TCU and Baylor compete. No, they don't have the national recognition as a Florida State, Ohio State, or Alabama, but, I mean, these guys, these teams are good football teams. TCU, I, no doubt about it, I'd love to see them compete against Ohio State and Oregon, seeing both how those fast offenses can go at it at one another, even Baylor's offense as well. So I feel kind of bad for the Big 12, I think just because of that big name is why they didn't get into to the top four. Yeah, I'm wondering, I'm wondering um, and I have been, even though even when we had the BCS and all that nonsense that came with that, I'm wondering um, who does this benefit? This this you like to think it benefits the kids. You you give a kid, I, you just can't say, well, you had your chance. That doesn't sit well with me. Well, you had your chance. If I'm Baylor, if I'm TCU, uh, Ohio State comes out of nowhere. Not only they but putting up 25 points, and they blew away Wisconsin. Uh, how that happened, how Wisconsin. So what does that say about that Big Ten or Big 12 or whatever they are this year? What does that say if a team can get blown out like that? I suppose, I thought it was supposed to be a tough conference. You look at uh, what Baylor's done all year and what TCU has done all year, well, they've been beating teams by 24, 25 points all game. Right. Uh, I mean, they had some close ones, but they should have those close games because they play rivals. Yeah. And your rivalry could be the worst team in the league, but when you play against a rival, things change. Yeah, but so, we... Uh, I, I knew it was going to be some nonsense. Definitely I'm some nonsense. They, I'm shocked that they didn't even put Florida State in because the team has been undefeated for two years. Uh, and because, and, and I know, well, I, I don't want to say I know for a fact, but close to that. Yeah. And that's such thing. Close to that, Florida State's not number one because they don't like Winston, James Winston. Yeah. Right, that's got to be the case. You can't pin anything down on, so you're punishing the team and those other kids. Uh, and, and Jimbo, uh, you know, he's still tell, telling everybody he'll take his team anywhere. And I, I think he really believed that that he can go to uh, the Rose Bowl and beat Oregon. Yeah, yeah. I was see. I was a bit. I was a bit nervous as well when that whole yeah. Florida State just kept dropping and dropping. I'm like, 
okay, if you're going to do this four-team playoff system, now I feel like, you know, it's, it's just a whole trial run at the end of the day. The NCAA is trying to, to do something new. I think this four-team deal is a trial run. I think a lot of people need to just calm down. Yeah, it sucks for guys, uh, for the kids in the program of Baylor and TCU in the Big 12 period because these guys, they give out their blood, sweat, and tears and won ball games and blew out the teams uh, such as like a Oklahoma who was supposed to be in this top four. You're blowing out Oklahoma State who was the top 10 team to begin the season with. I mean, you're blowing these guys out like you're saying. So they did what they were supposed to do as well. But I think it's... It kind of sucks because you could tell this whole thing was a big was a big trial run, and throughout and the somebody's season, somebody's going to be left out. Regardless, yeah. let's say you got, uh, and you're still playing in those major bowls, like like Florida State and Oregon, University of Oregon, they playing in the Rose Bowl, so you still going to have a major bowl or, or a location or a venue that's going to create a major bowl with those two teams. If yeah. you had, and it's just four teams, and if you had ten teams. It would make it more better, but what about 11 and 12? So I think you stick to 10. And then this year is, is definitely supposed to be a trial run. I think next year or the year after next, they're going to add two more teams. It, yeah. it is crazy, though, but you can't be trial running with, with guys, uh, let's say Baylor. Who knows? Who's to say if they get in that they won't sweep up the floor with Alabama, Oregon, and uh, Florida State and, and other schools that's in there, uh, exactly. Ohio State. Yeah, this Who could say that the way they the way they put up points on offense. Yeah, this could be Baylor's national championship team, but they, they can't even be. prove it, right? Because and, because of the whole playoff ranking and this playoff system. Yeah, well, you got a bunch of, and let me say this, and I hope this offends some people. You got a bunch of idiots sitting in a room trying to decide who's the best four teams in the league. Right, man, you could have did that in the studio. And probably came up. <laughs> only team I would have left out was um, Ohio State. Really? They would have came down to a decision that who you put in after that. I don't know oh, if I would have left out Ohio State after that fifty nine victory, fifty nine zero victory over Wisconsin. I think they proved it, and they won the Big Ten championship outright. Big Twelve, they don't have a championship. It's just okay. Can I, well, let me speak to that because you know? they said, uh, and that was one of the main reasons Big Twelve doesn't have a championship. Do you remember when Ohio State, when the Big Ten didn't have one, when teams were playing, when teams were knocking each other, each other off in the championship game, and and Ohio State was going to the Rose Bowls and playing, but they were sitting around for a month waiting, getting healthy. They didn't have a Big Ten, a Big Ten championship game, but they always put them in the, to the Rose Bowl as the number one or number two team. While let's say uh, somebody in the SEC, somebody in the SEC will uh, play an SEC championship game and get knocked off, and then you might be playing a lesser opponent. But yeah. you were playing in the game prior to going into that Rose Bowl championship while Ohio State or Michigan was sitting around waiting for a whole month to play in the Rose Bowl. Well, well of so, course. I mean, that's kind of how some of the bowl games were set up. If you win the Pac-12 and you win the Big Ten, you're going to the Rose Bowl. And right. this is before the even Pac-12 had their playoff or their championship game as well. And if you would, or if you were in the Big 12, you know you're playing the Sugar Bowl, so right. it gets the SEC uh, champion team. So I get kind of what you're saying, but you know if you win the Big Ten, that's automatic, and it's not fair. Like you said, you're right. And Baylor and TCU for Big 12 co-champions, I guess you could say, or one 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 over another. 
they, one of these teams should be looked at to either get in as a consolation, maybe have Alabama have a bye week and, and then have two teams play each other to play Alabama since they, quote-unquote, got the overall number one, which I still think Florida State deserved the overall number one. No doubt but, uh, about that. But, but, but yeah, I mean, I think it should have been like maybe Alabama or Florida State have a bye week and then have TCU and Baylor in that mix just just – just to see how everything came, had came out this this year, but like I said, it's a big trial run. Well, they looking um, they looking at how it, how which which way, which trial or which uh, design as far as the um, playoff system goes makes more money because it's not making more sense. It, so it has to be that they're looking to find a way to make more money off it next year. Yeah. We had this controversy, and that's how we got to this point with the bold with the playoff system. We had this controversy with the BCS, like oh, yeah. who goes where and why this team get to go. But they find reasons for Alabama. Alabama has a good football team. Don't get me wrong. But I'm telling you what they do. They find reasons to keep them in the mix. Who's going to represent the SEC? It could have been Auburn. Auburn fell off. We watched two number one teams or number one, number two teams in Mississippi. They fell off. Now they might be going to a turkey bowl or something like that. They might not play their bowl until May. But these <laughs> teams are just, these teams falling off. They have to have somebody who draws the crowd. Yeah. And Alabama, being that they are pretty good, though, why not put Alabama or keep them in the mix? When they lost that game, they didn't drop them far. They put them right where they should, right where they could be. So if anybody lost, you put them right back into the mix of the playoffs. Just yeah. And, it's, and I think TCU got TCU got robbed, in my opinion. Yeah, in my opinion, going back, yeah, they definitely got robbed because they even got dropped three more spots after being the number three. They dropped all the way down to a number six after winning their game. Right. Kind of funny. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people are saying, the, like kind of what you're saying, we got a few seconds left before the break. Some of the people that's on the committee board shouldn't even be in there. Some of these people don't even have football backgrounds. Like I think one of the names was like Connalisa Rice. I have utmost respect for her. But at the same time, oh, I, I, have the, <laughs> I have respect for her. Just because of what she's been through, you know, I respect it. But at the same time, you know, she's in the NCAA football playoff committee. Archie Manning dropped his name for a reason. You know, he yeah. knew what the heck was going on when he first got brought up, and he dropped out of it. So he kind of knew yeah. the speculation, and you know, he he, he figured it's, it's not it's more about it's more than football. It's a lot of politics yeah. in it. Is. It's a lot of politics. It's more than football. Archimando is smart, but he does have two sons, and they do got a manny name that you get in that corruption. You oh, my goodness. It. Exactly. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back after the break, talk about more uh, weekend activities, sports along with the week and what happened this past weekend. Um, Sunday football, NBA. We'll be back. Uh, you listen to Kwame Laster Sports Talk. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, 
self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Get away from the refugee camp. Oh, Maria, Maria. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We are live. It is Monday. Back in the studio. Jeremy Lachey is in studio. Kwame Lasseter, we have him on the lines. Uh, before the break, we was talking some NCAA football and the whole playoff system, whole playoff committee. But it's also another great time of season. Um, college Football Awards is coming up. Uh, I think they presented, yeah, they still presented out there in New York City, in New yeah. York City Hall. And... Uh, the Heisman, the biggest biggest trophy of them all, biggest one that uh, all these guys kind of play for. Would love to have the chance to represent as a Heisman candidate, Heisman Trophy winner. Last year, the winner was famous Jameis, of course, and then he started stealing crab legs and can't keep his <laughs> name out the media. Allegedly stealing crab legs, <laughs> like there's six four, two hundred and forty pound guys walking around Tallahassee grabbing crab legs with chains and Florida State t shirt with a mini fro. It must be a lot of them out there. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, whole year later, we got a whole new three big representatives. I think some more might get slid up in the mix. But the big three to be looked at for the Heisman Trophy, you have Melvin Gordon representing Wisconsin. I think he's the nation's leading run, uh, running back for rushing yards in a se- uh, this season. He's a junior, too. Oh, he's only a junior. That's right. He's only a junior. That's right. It ain't like he's coming back this season. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it, I don't. I don't know why he would come back as a senior, uh, except for the finishes education. <laughs> but because right. they're not taking running backs like they used to, and running backs are they are an important part of what you need to do. A lot of GMs or so-called professional scouts think they can get a running back late in the third round, and you probably can because there's so many of them out there. Uh, you look at the what they do. You start the game by running the football. It makes sense like that. You can throw the bats, but you don't want to become a one-dimensional team. You were Pittsburgh did yesterday with mm-hmm. uh, with Bell. I mean, he had a great day. He's been having great games for the past three games. But you have to get a a legitimate running back who can sustain and and block, need blocking and coming out the backfield and doing all of those things. I think Melvin Gordon is one of those guys. So he staying another year wouldn't make sense to me except to graduate. Yeah, I could see that. I, yeah, I mean, that would be a great deal for him to graduate and come back for that. But he has nothing else to prove at the NCAA level, I believe. Um, great respect of what he'd done this season. At one point, he had broken the uh, NCAA most rushing yards. I think it was held by Barry Sanders in, a, uh, yep. in one football game. He broke that record. Then two weeks later, another guy had broken it. But, I mean, he did it first. Uh, 
he had numerous games where he had over what three plus rushing touchdowns and football games. He finished the season thus far with two thousand three hundred thirty six rushing yards, lead number one in the nation. And then you have you got to throw a quarterback in there, and I think this guy is probably is the best overall college quarterback. I'm not saying he's a big time NFL prospect. He's gonna he's gonna play good, great NFL football in his future at the quarterback position and Marcus Mariota. How tall is he? Ah, I he's think a he's, ju- about, he's a junior also, so that's that's amazing that I remember yeah, he's a junior, but it seems like yeah. he's been there forever. He's six four he started as a freshman. He's six four, two hundred and twenty pounds. He did okay. st- play all yeah, he he's been playing since his freshman season. Seems like he's been there forever. But check out his numbers. He's thrown for 3,783 yards, 38 touchdowns to two interceptions. Hmm. That's the winner right there. That's the winner, and you got Amari Cooper in that, in that bunch. But Marcus Mariota, older, he, that's the winner right there. I don't even, I don't even mention his, 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 run, his rushing yards, which he's known to attack people when he's, when he's running a football. I don't even yeah, mention that. You know, you know what they're going to do to him as soon as they get in the league. They're going to try to conform him. You're going to draft him from everything he did. Drives me crazy. You're going to draft this guy for all the attributes that he has, for everything he did in college. You're going to get him to the pros and try to change that. Of course. So, yeah, his rushing does matter, which means he has some escapability, kind of like Ryan Tannehill, who's a receiver coming out at this quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. It matters, but you got to – those assets, you got to allow those guys to use because it's a natural, it's an instinct, and they have to be able to use those. When you take their instincts away from them, and then they become one-dimensional, then they become thinkers. Well, they are thinkers, but thinkers in a sense where it slows them down, right? And they can't, and they can't be successful or play to that high level. And then we wonder, outside looking in, what happened to this guy? Yeah, like kind of like what Kaepernick is going through right now. When that first, yes. they, he had a system with the old offensive coordinator. They found a way to to have Kaepernick make plays, and I think that's the whole big deal. If you're going to draft a guy like Marcus Mariota, who has the ability to scramble, move around with, like you said, natural instincts, I mean that's incredible. Like Johnny Mazzell, you got to find a coordinator, a head coach who can deal with that, who could put him in a system. Chip Kelly, can you imagine him coming in there for Mark Sanchez? I mean, I think Mark Sanchez is he's a good quarterback. I mean, he's proven his second life in the NFL. But uh, I think with the talent that you put around Mark Sanchez is the reason why he looks better than what he really was, especially back in the they New York Jets. They don't even have um, – they don't have – not that this is a bad decision or a bad choice. They don't even have Jameis Winston, uh, like, in that top category as a Heisman watch. You know, he's coming off one. Coming off one in the Heisman last year from Florida, out of Florida State. Johnny Menzel before him, then Robert Griffin. They don't yeah. even have uh, Jameson there, and they so, shouldn't. But I, I, I don't think they Heisman. should, though. Huh? I don't think they. I don't think they should. He did, he definitely not putting up uh, well, the same numbers that's that's he did last year. Uh, alleged trouble that he's in. I think uh, so. I so I kind of agree with that. Not having a man, but the guys undefeated. I don't think. I don't even think it's just because of let. I mean, he's thrown twenty four touchdowns to seventeen interceptions. Yeah, and compared and compared mm. to. Uh, Compared to uh, Marcus uh, Mariota, yeah, that's <laughs> this guy is yeah he's he, and you talking about his rushing yards he's six hundred sixty nine yard rushing yard right fourteen touchdown running football so you put him so he, as your number one uh, he's my number one he's like, your number one he's my number one if he don't get it I do like Melvin Gordon yeah um, but if, if he don't get it I, I, I look down that list to uh, 
Amari Cooper over in Alabama. And that's who I can't wait to talk about. 115 receptions, 1,656 yards, 14 receiving touchdowns. Mm-hmm. 115 receptions. That's the target. That's their target. He he is their uh, Jordy Nelson. <laughs> He's their Jordy Nelson. He's not yeah, Randall Cobb, huh? No, nah, he's not called. <laughs> the other guy's called. But the other guy's good too, but you know what? Yeah, yeah. If I'm playing against Alabama, if I'm um if I'm this uh Ohio State team, I'm a double teaming Amari Cooper. He ain't gonna beat me. I guarantee you he won't beat me. Who, Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper is not gonna beat me in this game against Alabama and Ohio State. I will bet anything on it, he's not gonna beat me. Now I'm saying if I was if, if I was, was defending this game. Uh huh. If I was the, uh, the defense coordinator for this game, yeah, the quarterback is so used. They've been so used to throwing to him 115 targets, and he he's come through for them big time. Yeah, they're so, they've been so used to throwing to him. Well, it's going to be a shock when you got to look on the other side of the field and have to throw to the other guy. And I'm going to put my best corner on the, on the number two receiver, not on Amari. I'm just going to put two guys on Amari, whether it be a corner in the safety or a linebacker in the corner. He's I mean, going to be double teamed. I mean that's fine, but I think first things first, you got to stop that run. You do got to stop the run. I mean they they, they can do it, the but they they are capable of doing they stop. Melvin Gordon, twenty six carries, seventy what seventy six, seventy nine rushing yards. Mm-hmm. At the end of that game, no touchdowns. So they smack Melvin Gordon in the mouth. But now you're dealing yeah. with a different monster. You're dealing with a different beast. Number one team in the country. You're dealing with the Alabama Crimson Tide, who has T.J. Yeldon back in their backfield. And then you have well, big boy, twenty seven, yeah, freaking monster. And I mean, yeah. he's, and then you got to deal with Amari Cooper, and then you can get him started. You just can't get him going. Once you get him going, he's oh yeah, his power is is, is the whole will be your detriment because yeah. he's so big. And B J so. Sims is the same deal. B J Sims, former running back. Uh, transformed back into a quarterback, which he had started off when he came in as a freshman, got moved to running back. Now he's back at the quarterback position. He's playing great football, but he can attack well, I, you on I the run as well. Yeah, I will make him throw the ball because I see a lot of mistakes that he made in big games. They, they should have lost about two games this year, but they were able to come back from that because of Juan Amari and that defense that we're playing. Mm-hmm. They had they almost lost to um, K-State this year, but that was that was a good win because it was on the road. They, they were playing that game in Manhattan. But Kansas, Kansas State should have beat those guys. Mm-hmm. Alabama this year. It was a great win for No, you know what? I'll take that back. I apologize. That was uh, that was Kansas State and Arbor. Okay. I'll uh, that was a great win for Auburn on the road. Yeah. But the quarterback, I did watch the quarterback uh, for Alabama. He he had uh, about three interceptions. I'll tell you what games that were close. It's because of Amari Cooper's play. Tennessee, they were down at Tennessee in Nashville. Uh-huh. They ended up winning 34-20. I remember that game um, back in October. They were down. Amari Cooper was shut down. He really wasn't making plays. And B.J. Sims found him at the end of the game. Amari Cooper finished the game with nine catches, 224 yards. But probably 100 of those yards didn't happen until the fourth quarter. And he had finished two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. They almost lost that game. Yeah, they fell asleep there. The next week, LSU, Amari Cooper had eight catches, 83 yards. But he didn't make a statement to the end of the game once again, and that game went to overtime, and it was because of Amari Cooper got him to overtime. He took over in that fourth quarter. Because I remember before the, game, before the fourth quarter had started, he only had about, like, they said three catches, like 50 yards, something like that. He, he really wasn't a threat until that fourth quarter. And that's when B.J. Sims 
just directs his eyes, kind of like Aaron Rodgers does to Jordy Nelson, like you're saying. Took over. And say, you know what? You got to be the beast on the outside for us. Yeah. And it's crazy that teams don't know that, or these coordinators don't know that. They just feel like, all right, we shut him down for three quarters, like he's just going to go away. Right. Those guys want to get their numbers up, so he's going to continue to play hard. Plus, he's an outstanding receiver. So that's that's Tennessee's fault. When you can lose a game like that, when you got a guy shut down for the most part, and shutting down Amari Cooper is just probably not kidding. Not, he's not able to get 150 yards because he averaged some great numbers. He averaged about... Uh, 150 yards. Yeah, on on all games. Yeah, and that's in the SEC conference as well, quote unquote, in some of the other conference games that they had on their schedule this season with that. So, if I put these guys in order for a Heisman, I'm going Melvin Gordon, probably my number three. Marcus Mariota, number two, and I'm taking Amari Cooper just just because. The effect that he had with that Alabama Crimson Tide team. No, he wasn't the big name. Everybody wanted to make questions about B.J. Sims this season, the running backs, T.J. Yeldon. But Amari Cooper was just doing his thing. He was doing what he was supposed to do, especially after falling off last season because he was supposed to have a big-time season last year. But he mm-hmm. they ran the ball so much that you didn't even know Amari Cooper even existed. He brought his name back to ta- back to fame this season. I would put my uh, number three would be Melvin Gordon. Number two would be Amari Cooper. And number one would be Marcus Mariota. And you, I, I'm surprised you didn't mention your boy from uh, Indiana. Oh, yeah. Te- yeah. Coleman. TC. Yep, my boy yeah. Tevin. Finished yeah. this year with 2,000 yards, over 2,000 yards. I mean, he's been getting yeah, better and better. Man, that, he's a beast, man. He's a beast. 15 but, touchdowns. Yeah. But he's on the Indiana oh, team. We couldn't rent, and they're not winning no ball game, so no recognition. But he could be in, in a in a front runner for uh, running back of the year. That award, plenty of awards that's going around in college football. They be having like three different defensive player of the year awards, two different offensive player. Of the year. I don't get it. But the number Indiana. one deal was that they're not even eligible for a bowl game. Indiana, no, no, that's crazy. Um, that's crazy. But you know, UAB. They were eligible, but then they backed out of the program. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, you, could, you could put one of those teams in there. Man, can you, I, you know what? I was going to talk about that last week because with UAB shutting down the program just real quick. Uh-huh. I mean, that's that's pretty sad. Uh, I like their tight end. I forget his name now, but he stood up after the president, with the president in the locker room. Somebody snuck some video in there, which is great footage. And uh, how to tie in, you know, the senior, I think he was a war veteran or he, he just got done being in the Army. He came back to school. He's 27, 28 years old. Stood up for that team, for that program one last time and tried to give it, you know, one last speech, telling the president, you know, basically, you know, you get to go home in your big house. You got 17, 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, don't even know what to do next. And I came back from the Army just to be a part of this. This is us. This ain't got nothing to do with you. You know, you oh, just go he? home to your fancy house. Oh, he di- I'm not saying quote-unquote, but uh, from what I remember, he did mention you get to go home in your big house, and, you know, that's what, you, that's what you're dealing with. We are doing it. This is us. We, we did this for us. We came to your program, this program, for us. You know how it is when you're playing college football. You know, the whole coach right. puts that, you know, this, guy, this is your team. This guy, he, he he was in the Army, came back 27 years old, finished up his senior year, 
And then you had, he was representing the younger guys on the team, saying these guys are 18 and 19, right. trying and to be a part of this. And that's usually the guy that does it, too, because a guy who, know he's already experienced some life and been to it, been in oh, the military, yeah. and he, he's, he's usually the guy to stand up and stand out for those younger guys because they still think. I never, never wonder why these guys are so scared to talk to the coach. That's just another guy. He's your understand respect, and that's one thing. But say what's on your mind, see? Because yeah. I never know if you don't say what's on your mind. But these guys don't talk to their coaches like their coach, coaches talk to them. What right. makes them different? I'm a young man. Now coach me, but talk to me in a certain way. Right. But you know, because I don't want to, I don't want to be the same or the difference between what I always say. You can't talk to the kids today. They fold up or go in tent or oh, but, yeah, or, exactly. You know, they spoil. But you got to talk to them with some at least the same respect you want. Exactly. And that's everything that that guy was representing. I mean, I ta- I tip my hat off to him. And he said, you know, he pretty much said what, he did what he's supposed to do. We we are both eligible. This is what you wanted for the football program. All we can do is oh. win games. You can't name take Trish, that away. Tristan Henderson? Yes, Tristan Henderson. Thank you. Yes. Oh, I'm going to check that out. Great video to watch. UAB I mean, player goes off on university president. Yeah, it was a good 15-second clip, but... You know what they say, a lot of information can be pulled in 15 seconds. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Probably a minute and a half. Yeah. And it was longer, Mm -hmm. but they didn't show it all on SportsCenter when I picked it up. But I was like, wow. I got it pulled up right now. Go ahead and watch that. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, talk some NFL talk. Uh, Cardinals bouncing back, bouncing back with a strong home victory. And they also found a little running back in the backfield. But we'll be back yeah. to talk about that more to finish up in our last segment. You listen to Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to the last segment, last part of the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We are live. I am in studio, Demery Lachey. We got Kwame here on the lines, also on the ones and twos. We got my man Jay back there doing his big pimper thing. But coming into the last segment, uh, wrapping up on the NCAA talk, 
Uh, finally, college football has finally predicted their four teams. Actually, four teams are set. No more predictions. Um, also, Heisman Trophy talk that we also talked about between the top three guys in Amari Cooper, Marcus Mariota, and Melvin Gordon. All three are have had tremendous seasons, but uh, it's kind of it's hard to compete against 38 touchdowns, two interceptions, throwing with Marcus Mariota also being in that program or the playoff, the first ever college football playoff system. But we also talked about the UAB program, how the UAB um, football program got shut down. Um, the president of University of Alabama, Birmingham, shut off and cut off the football program. I remember my freshman year going into Indiana State, they had threatened to shut down our football program. And our coach, we had talks with him, and he said, guys, the only thing you guys can do is just win games. If you just have winning season, it will make it that much better. And this is my freshman year coming to the football program with great tradition, and then I hear this the day I step in. I'm like, wow, we got we got to turn this thing around quick. And we had three straight winning seasons, that, which ain't happened since, like, the 70s at my program. And then they, this season they entered the FBS playoff, FBS play, or FCS playoffs for the first time in 30 years. So, And this is to a program that almost got shut down four or five years ago. So I can I can understand what the UAB players are probably going through the discussions, and I understand because I've been at that level where you win ball games, get bowl eligible, and then it gets all it gets taken away that quick. And Kwame, I know you checked out the clip; we were listening to it offline. How do you feel about it, just real quick in that last little part of it? You know, just just listening to it, and and I haven't seen it up until you brought that up in the last segment. But we 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 talked, we touched on it a little bit. Those 17, 18-year-old kids, 19-year-old kids, they wasn't going to speak up. It took a veteran who was in a, um, who went into the military, Iraq War, came home at 27 years old. With just He probably turned 27 this week, mm-hmm. uh, spoke up. But you can hear the passion in his voice and the, the care that he had, not just for him. I don't think it had anything to do with him. But what are you going to do with these kids and when authority figures or uh, the, the presidents of universities when they say they can crunch numbers and the numbers don't make sense. And this is what I say all the time. And people don't come down to the locker room. They don't go on the field. They're not in your meeting rooms. You hire somebody to do numbers. And when they crunch the numbers, they say, well, we got to get rid of the football program. Right. These are people who never play football and don't understand what a, what that sport does to you as a man, as a young man, and how it uh, incorporates your life. I, I've said this many a times, mm-hmm. and I really believe this, that football exposes everything about you as a man or as a human being, or if you have played the game, it exposes everything about you. Your will, your desire, your passion, determination. If you're a coward, it shows that. If you're a baller, it's going to show you make plays. If you're a thinker, it shows you thinking to strategize. If you're a strategist, it shows you strategizing. Yeah. It shows everything about you. You cannot hide on that football field, and then that allows you not to hide in life and go through life a certain way and be able to overcome a lot of obstacles because you know guys that play football on some obstacles they oh, overcome. Yeah like a knee surgery. So that's nothing but a bump in the road in life. You overcome those things and you move forward. There's a lot of professionals and uh, that's played at a high level of college, whether that be college or football. No one knows the achievement of a student athlete getting that scholarship. They just think, oh, he's good, he's just got a scholarship. You don't know the accomplishment to that. There's so many kids in this world, so many opportunities to not even get that scholarship, but... That's an accomplishment in itself to get a scholarship, play at a high level, go to a university or college, and graduate. Yeah. When I saw this clip, it was, it was very emotional. You could see the emotions in it. Yeah. 
So what all they looking through is the numbers and not where these kids gonna go. And they always tell us as student athletes or high school athletes, which is crazy. You can come to school here, but if you decide to leave, you gotta sit out a year. That hurts the that hurts the the student. He loses the year. So now where are these kids gonna go to play football or scholarship? Do they what is, what is the university gonna do? Pay for their school from here on out because they they own scholarship. You're not going to take their scholarship away and they have to pay somewhere else. You're going to have to pay for their school. If they want to go somewhere else, you're going to have to pay for it. But when you're just talking about numbers, obviously that's not going to be the case because you, you're already having a problem with the finances. Yeah. So it is, it is, it's surprising. Then again, it's, because that's what they do. Yep. And, I mean, we could save that all that talk, man. Honestly, we could go a whole week about that talk, about that discussion. And it's funny that yeah, just in that one, what, minute and a half clip, that one message that the uh, young guy was saying, Christian Henderson, I mean, it, that one little message tells a low, whole lot of story. You know, like it brought, yeah. it brought some emotion out of you. And, you know, like a lot of people don't understand that who never went through it. Like a lot of presidents of uh, a lot of the NCAA schools, and Division One football universities, I mean, a lot of those guys really don't understand the passion and everything. The only thing they can do is look at the numbers, do their job, which I understand. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, just that one speech says a lot of words. So we could definitely save that talk for another day. Glad you got a chance to listen in to it. But yeah, no, on. it was good. That's, yeah. It was good. One yeah. of the greatest, one of the accomplishments a lot of people can say that that went to school on scholarship, whether it be athletic or academic, mm-hmm. um, is they got that scholarship. That's that is a that is a compliment to them, and then the people around them or the people they chose to have around them. But no one gets a scholarship on their own. Okay, we got great talent. We got a great athletic talent. We get, we got a great academic mind, but there are people around you that that push you in those directions, that actually care for you. Oh, yeah. Because that could have that easily went the other way. You, you've seen a lot of people around certain guys that get in trouble, and the only name we know is that superstar name, so he's in trouble. James so Winston. It, it could derail your, your progress and your process of being you know, success, successful down the road. So it could easily go in the way, but you, I can walk around here and say, yeah, I'm only one, one of the few who got a scholarship and, and put it to use. Yeah. Like I mean, what you just said. I mean, I I reckon I second that. I can echo that. A la Jameis Winston, you know, it could be turned a whole nother way. But at the same right. time, I would love to see a bunch of media outlets play that clip more and more. Then the more times they they show Jameis Winston getting in trouble and having the jokes on him. But I mean, you, you, and then you have other programs like a, like a UAB, the guy Christian Henderson representing. What he's trying to represent, and you know these guys—they're on their way to getting bigger things than just football. Having a degree, having that paper in your hand—you know now they got to go through so much more to just even attempt. I don't want to know what like it's hard to think about what these guys are about to go through, especially at the age of eighteen, nine. When I was eighteen, nineteen, I I didn't even know what a degree was going to get to me. I didn't—that wasn't my told. You know, when a coach comes to your house, oh yeah, you can get a degree, but. You can be a part of this. This is going to make you a better man and this, 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 you know, just stuff right. you ain't never heard before. Then you go through it. Then it's like, okay, now I understand what this whole degree thing means after football. So, yeah. Let's see. All I heard, because uh, you bring up a good point about the degree and, and what it was going to mean. And that was you then. Think right. about when I was coming out. Oh, All man. I heard oh. was you, you got to get a degree. 
so you can get a job. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that's a, looking back on that, that was the dumbest thing in, in the world in the history of ever. <laughs> yeah. One of them. Hey, I need to get a degree so I can get a job. Well, why do they build schools for me to come out and work for somebody else? I should go to this school, this university, this program, so I can be in business for myself. And that's not just to be a lawyer or a doctor or engineer. I should be able to come out with a with some type of uh, well-versed knowledge where I could create my own business. Right. Most times, these colleges and universities, they are built for you to work for somebody else when you come out. And that's why they say, well, you got to send your resume out here. And, here. and that's and that's good. If it works for you, it works for you. And that's good because maybe you have to go somewhere else first to say, I want to create my own business. So let me go get some experience in this company that's doing the same thing that I want to do, whereas I know I'm going to take it to another level. Right. Exactly. I, I can echo that. I'm living that life now. now yeah, you, you, <laughs> you, gotta, you do. I mean, because you, 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 you do, you get a piece of paper. Yeah. And now a college degree is nothing but a high school diploma. And think about people who don't have a college degree. Right. Where, where, does that, where does that lead them? Now you get a, you got you want to go get a master's, so your master's turns into your college degree. And now you got people going to school, getting doctors and PhDs and all this, mm-hmm. and they amass to get you into a door to have a conversation. If yeah. you don't have a degree, I can't have a conversation with you. Right. If you got a degree, they, at least you get to knock on the door. At least I get to look at your resume. Yeah, so exactly. It, it's really nonsense, but. There's a lot of people that we know, that I know, I know for sure, for a fact, mm-hmm. that don't have college degrees, but they can talk to anybody in this world. I mean, they can sit down and they're well-versed. Oh, yeah. uh, they talk uh, to anybody in this world and get a, get their point across or get an understanding and have conversations, some real dialogue about whatever it is they want, the conversations they're talking about. Oh, yeah. So imagine the people who can't do that, who don't, who stays in that element, who stays around their neighborhood or their same type of people who can't do that. You can't talk to anybody in the world. A degree or, or, or a master's not going to matter anyway. Yeah. Man, Christian Henderson, I'm going to find out a way to get in contact with him. Pull him up on the show. Love to get him to talk and have a day's talk about that, definitely. We can definitely get in contact with him. Yeah, he, he, he's one. He's the one. Yeah. He's the one because he look, he's one. you can tell he's going to be a different type of guy. He went into the military, came out, went back to school, mm-hmm. said all the right things, and he said it was a passion. I'm going to tell you why, to your comment, why you won't hear it, why you won't see it a lot on these publications. Mm-hmm. Because look at him and look who he's talking to. They hate him. And look who he's talking to. Let me say that. Mm-hmm. They're not going to show that. They don't show him throwing chairs and being destructive. Mm-hmm. If, they, if, they, if he was doing that, it would be all over the airways. Right. Right, and that's what they want him to do. <laughs> Big yeah, football player was, was crazy, you know. He was just old enough to keep his composure. Yep. Got to get his message crossed. Yesterday, uh, Arizona Cardinals, they had hosted the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of speculation was going on with the Cardinals. Uh, have they lost their mojo? Have they lost that fire? Uh, they shut down the critics. They're still saying, you know, we're the still Cardinals team. We're going to win ugly. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. We're going to lose ugly. But we're going to win uglier, and we're going to win games as well. Shut out Kansas City in the second half. Kansas City started the game off. Jamal Charles snapped out a 63-yard touchdown. I was like, okay, it's going to be a long Sunday. 14, was it? 14-6 <laughs> at halftime. I was like, it's going to be a long day for these Cardinals. Second half, shut out. Did what they were supposed to do. Offense scored the times when they needed to. Put up only 11 points all in the third quarter. 
In the fourth quarter, it was just a whole shutout, back and forth, back and forth. And Arizona came out, win, winning again. The Cardinals winning 17-14. And, and what do they do? They keep people under 20 points. They put themselves in position to win a football game. Uh, At home. Yeah, although <laughs> it just made a – this made a. let me see. That game was definitely room, definitely room for the Cardinals. I think everybody put, pretty much know that. But you get the <laughs> – uh, a 17-14 win. You keep people on 20 points. Your defense shows up. A lot of mistakes were made. Um, Jamal Charles got off uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. 91 rushing yards, a touchdown. Uh, 21-yard receiving uh, touchdown. Yeah. So that's one of the things you like to eliminate, especially when you got uh, the St. Louis Rams. You have to play again. Although you beat them up, it's not the same. Beat them in that first game. This is not the same team you're going to play, so that's going to be a tough battle. And you are without your quarterback, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, Drew Stanton is at your uh, leadership position. Arizona, and then you got to yeah. come home and play Seattle, a Ooh. team that's looking like the Seattle Seahawks that won the Super Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they've gotten back on track, and then you finally don't put it to sleep that you can beat the San Francisco Forty in the disarray they are in uh, last game of the season because you have to go to San Fran to do that. Yeah. So it's going to be tough on the Cardinals. But me, I was watching football for a whole other outside of the Cardinals game. I watch football a whole other way now because of this fantasy, fantasy nonsense. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> hey, I can't wait! Job. I can't wait for that league next year that you so say you're putting together. I'm putting it together. I, you know, I already got three, uh, three guys, three, four, three or four guys that want to be in it. Yeah, I got one game. I'm, here's here's where I'm with my fantasy right now. I got ninety eight point two eight points, and uh, Rock Nooch has. NBC Sports Rock. Mm-hmm. He has 87.3. So, I got Randall Cobb tonight, and he has he has Green Bay's... No, he has the Falcons defense. So, oh, if the Falcons defense don't ball off, if uh, Aaron Rodgers don't lose his mind, I might... I need to get Randall Cobb to score one time. Just give, me, give me 10 points, and I'll probably put it away. <laughs> Oh, my so. defense. Let's look how bad my defense was. I had, I took the Forty ers against Oakland, and Oakland ended up beating their heads in. Oh yeah, head. They had twenty four points in one side. They ended up with one point for me. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I took. I did it because it was Oakland. And I keep forgetting Oakland is good. They're just not finding a way to win games. Yeah, because the immaturity is. Because I, you know, I'm, normally I go with my Buffalo team. Yeah, and Buffalo, they only got me six points against. Uh, Denver, they played Denver. Yeah. They played well. They got 24 points, two interceptions, one fumble, but it only, at the end of the game, ended up with six fantasy points. Yeah. Speaking of maturity, we got a few seconds left. The game between the St. Louis Rams and the Washington Redskins was played uh, with the Rams winning, but during the captains of the game with the coin toss, you had six of the eight first-round or round draft picks that were traded for RG3 to St. Louis. St. Louis put out six of those guys, Stedman Bailey, Janarius Jenkins, Michael Brockers, Zach Stacy, Greg Robinson, Alec Ochertree, all out there for the coin toss before they beat up on Washington and put it in Robert Griffin's face. Talk about maturity. <laughs> that was a good move by Jeff Fisher. Read, at, I think read about it this in, morning. I uh, Washington Redskins' face. No, Robert, <laughs> Robert had nothing to do with it. He was coming out, so he went. Yeah. He, don't, he had no power to tell uh, oh, yeah. them to say, yeah, I'm, take, I'm going to Washington. <laughs> And y'all can have all these guys. But I thought Jeff Fisher, that was classic uh, classic strategy, tactic move going into the game, the corn toss, bringing those six guys that's still on that team uh, for the 
Saint, for the St. Louis Rams right. that Washington gave up in the draft. Exactly. We only have a few seconds left. Thank you for tuning in to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be live tomorrow again. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you all tomorrow. We out. We out. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.